Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll, I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains-like clues. We're seeing this in the viral Sleepy Girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... um three-body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the... Tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. 
Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Bachelor Clues. And this is Dark Seeker. Oh, Dark Seeker. Did you just join us from Jolly England? That's a strange accent. Uh, I was trying to imitate Pace Case just because I miss her so much. Your English accent is much better than hers. <laughs> but as you can tell, Pace Case is not with us today. And if you've been following her social media... You probably know why Pace Case contracted a case of COVID-19. So we wish her a speedy recovery. We She's do. drinking her fluids. She's resting up, but she is unable to join us today. And in her stead, we have Dark Seeker. And we have a very special episode planned. As you know, we've been having a fantastic time talking to the likes of Courtney Robertson, Brilliant. Tammy Lee, Sarah Heron. And we have a wide range of other people we're going to be talking to. We also talked to Elise Del Baum. Yes. And Gore Girl Summer will continue in the very near future. But today, we have something very special planned for you. And through the rest of this week and early next week, we have something very special planned. As some of you may know, in Los Angeles, at the end of this week, an <laughs> event is going to take place called Bachelor Live on Stage. And Game of Roses will have emissaries there. And we are going to be discussing that event on this coming Friday's episode, as well as next Tuesday's episode. So Friday, we're going to be doing our anticipatory discussion about what we are looking forward to as we are going to see it. And then Tuesday, we're going to be breaking down what the experience was actually like to be there, what we got to see, what kind of insights we have, might have gotten into our beloved game. And maybe another member of the pit will be the third, uh, you know, final rose recipient at the L.A. show. That would be really cool. We would have three then. So far, that's right. The, the final rose count of pit dwellers <laughs> who have won the final rose on stage at various Bachelor Live on stages around the country. So far, we're up to two. That is so cool. And the fact that both of them said that they use strategies, you know, from listening to the podcast, from reading our book is so neat. I agree. Congratulations to all of the pit dwellers out there who are winning roses or even making deep runs on stage this season. We look forward to seeing who's going to do it in Los Angeles as well. And we should also mention that very soon <laughs> we're going to have a brand new logo. That oh, is correct. Yes. A new visual identity for Game of Roses will be coming out in the very near future. So keep an eye out for that. There will probably be a brand new shirt associated with it. So prepare to adorn yourself in a new piece of Game of Roses finery. It's so good, y'all. And when you see it, like, it's just, we leveled up. Like, we leveled up. Speaking of leveling up, today, as I mentioned, Pace Case cannot be with us. She is in the throes of fighting the COVID-19 virus. And so we have something special planned today. Dark Seeker put out the call via our Zosil Media for questions. And now <laughs> I believe I'm going to have to answer these questions. Is that correct, Dark Seeker? This is correct. Um, so like you said, I put a call out to the pit. And first of all, I just have to say... <laughs> the pit, you guys are so creative with some of the questions you come up with. They are things that I could never think up and they make me giggle and making this list made me giggle. And I asked for questions for you, 
We got some sprinkled in there for me. A lot of people still don't know mm. who I am, so I might have to go over that again. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, let's just get right into it. We got some really good questions. All right. Let's begin. How would you rate Pace Case's IFI play this week? <laughs> I mean, how would I rate it? It's... <laughs> A hundred percent effective. Yes. First of all, she's done, she's not here, is she? So uh, I believe it's a real IFI, though. As we know, Absolutely. IFIs can be real or fake. I don't think she's faking this. I think it's it's accurately correct and real. So I mean, how would I rate the play? You know, generally I mean, speaking, when you're talking about IFIs in our beloved game, you're looking for two qualities of an IFI, mm-hmm. potentially three, but the main two you want is it makes you completely immune to whatever the group date activity is. Usually it's in the case of most traditional IFIs, it's some kind of forced violence group date that you don't want to do. So if it gets you out of doing that, it's effective on that level. Lizzie, I mean, COVID means she can't be near anybody. So the group date would have to then turn into like a socially distanced one-on-one. Well, I mean, we record this show socially distanced. That's true. So it has gotten her out of the activity as we're witnessing <laughs> now. She is not here. If this, if recording this episode today is, you know, essentially the group date, her IFI has been very successful in that she does not have to participate in this group date. Now, the second part of the IFI, and this is what you really want to look for. This is mm-hmm. kind of where the success of it comes is does the IFI garner you more one-on-one time with the first audience, with the lead? Now, in this case, I'm not sure who that would be, but... Uh, it would be you. It, no, would it be the pit? I, I don't believe I'm the first audience, though. I'm more like a group date player. I think it's probably her partner. Oh, oh, wow. If she's able to spend more time with him as a result of this, then I say it's a, it's a very good IFI that she played it correctly and got the right benefit out of it. <laughs> All right. Now, the the third part of it, though, (laughs) is how does the IFI affect the fourth audience, really? And I mean, there is some second audience effect, too. I would argue we're not like exactly a second audience, but there is the fourth audience to consider here, which is everyone listening to this. They're going to be mad. How does her IFI affect exactly? (laughs) I don't think they're going to be mad. I think they'll be very sympathetic. As Oh, the Dark Seekers on another episode. (laughs) Everyone should be. Please, if you're sending Pace Case any messages at all, please make them nice. Uh, give her some well wishes. But um, yeah, I think I think it will garner sympathy. And for that reason, I say successful. Very good IFI, Pace Case. Good job, Pace Case. All right. Clues, what did your life look like before The Bachelor? Uh, before I went down the pit or or before I was aware of it or before you went down into the pit uh I mean before I went into the pit I was just kind of a regular TV writer movie writer novelist out here working in Los Angeles going from project to project and watching the bachelor casually you know as Pacecase and I have said many times we used to get together on Mondays with another friend of ours and just kind of like casually watch and Enjoy some pizza, some za, as you call it. Before that, I think even, before you started watching with Lizzie, were you just the same regular, like, did you have any interesting hobbies besides, you know, what you have now? 
Yeah, but I mean, I don't know that The Bachelor changed the hobbies. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I used to watch the show with various ex-girlfriends if they were into it and right. stuff from time to time, too. So I saw sporadically different seasons, you know, throughout the course of The Bachelor. But um, I don't know that it eliminated. I don't know that my getting sucked into the pit has eliminated many hobbies for me. I think if anything has eliminated hobbies, it's just aging. I used to play in an adult baseball league, like a hardball league out here every Sunday. And uh, that kind of fell by the wayside. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. I love baseball. And I played as long as I could. But then once I got to maybe like 38, 39, every season was just like plagued with nagging injuries and shit. And I was always like, eh, I'm going to keep doing this. And then I'm going to blow my knee out or some shit. So I just stopped playing. It sounds like you were going like super hard in the paint. Couldn't you just like... Hard as I could. Well, yeah. You don't need to be, you know, going that hard. Maybe you can still have fun. You don't need to be going that hard. And speaking of... I do. (laughs) Okay. And speaking of... I don't do anything unless I'm going as hard as possible, honestly. And... That's true. I believe that that is evident in this very podcast. Yes. Once I finally gave in and said, fuck it, I have to keep going. The only way out is through. I have fully embraced that. And I feel like Pace Case and I have gone, especially in the hyper binge, harder than anyone, at least in terms of bachelor. We still have the bachelor at hyper binge ahead of us at some point. Yes. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> I've, I've been kind of secretly. Uh, it's not really hyper binging. It's more like tease binging or something i i don't know yeah i don't know Tasting. how to exactly describe it but i've been watching some <laughs> bachelorette here and there you've been dipping your toe in here and there just a little taste um next question have you considered that the dudesy pit uh is a reference to gore the okay so you're talking about dudesy which is another podcast that i started recently with a friend of mine named will sasso and I think what you're talking about is there's an opening animation for that that was created by an artificial intelligence. For those Correct. who don't know, this podcast is completely created by and operated by and run by an artificial intelligence. And my friend Will and I just show up and it kind of tells us what to do. We do it and we see what the outcome is. And it uses that data to then supposedly make the next episode even better. That's what it keeps saying. We don't know if that's accurate or not. But uh, at the beginning of this show, of every episode of the show, there's a an animation that the AI made that features will and i little versions of us jumping into this hole that is <laughs> filled with weird energies and stuff and uh yeah i've seen the comments from people saying that hole is the pit and i'm like i can see that yes it's possible because this ai has access to will and i's um text messages emails all right. of our data everything that we do it certainly has access to this podcast to game of roses and will has been on the podcast and so dudesy would have taken that and been like okay well then they both were you know in the pit at one point yeah it's totally possible that that is some kind of visual reference to the pit or to a new version of the pit that is being created in service of dudesy a new version oh dear a new pit <laughs> if you will I, I'm not sure what it is, honestly. I mean, I would encourage anybody to check out one episode of Dudesy. That video that we're describing is at the very beginning yeah. of every episode. So you can see exactly what we're talking about. All right. Um, if Clues were The Bachelor, what type of limo exit would earn his fimp? Well, I mean, 
the FIMP is given by the producers, generally speaking. So right. it would be whoever the producers told me to give it to. But if you're asking what would impress me in terms of a limo exit, yeah, it's got to be a grandy in some way. Um, I think those to me are the most impressive for a variety of reasons. One, they just are visually impressive. They're grand. This is a player. Yes, they're grand. This is a player who's saying, fuck the limo, basically. Yeah. I'm better than that. I'm not going to come in here like every other player. I want your attention. So I'm going to ride in a horse or a sports car or whatever the case may be. It also signifies that this player, even before the, the true main season begins, has a great relationship with the third audience, the yeah. producers, the producers want this player to succeed in one way or another. So already you've got my attention. If you enter into the game with a grandy. Now, I don't know exactly what kind of grandy would get my attention the most, but I'm thinking, you know, it would be something that we haven't seen. I know there was a episode of bachelorette or a night one of bachelorette where a guy came in in like a jumpsuit with a parachute attached to it, oh, implying yeah. that he had parachuted in, but he didn't actually parachute in. That would be impressive to me. If somebody really actually parachuted into the fucking mansion, <laughs> oh, my that God. would get a, a Vimpros from me for fucking sure. Well, then th that's, would they need to say anything to you? Would they just, you know, land be like, yeah, then you'd have to have some kind of a good joke. Like, Oh, that was a bumpy landing, but I hope it gets, things get smoother from here or something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> They'd have to have a standee as well. And then if they could combine some kind of an it takes to forcing me to engage them in some way, I think there is a combo. It, it would have to be an extreme combo play that includes a grandy, probably a standee, maybe an it takes two. And if you can throw a tot in there, like imagine if Joe 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 jo had Ooh. not just come out of the Limona unicorn head, but <laughs> parachuted into the driveway <laughs> wearing a unicorn head or a full body unicorn top or, or any of or that. Or a squirrel head. I, oh God, that's what it has to be, I think. Yeah. It's somebody in a full squirrel outfit parachuting in <laughs> and some joke about a flying squirrel I think goes well with that, pairs well with that. But also the Fimp Rose isn't just given for a limo exit. It's also what that player does over the course of night one. Right. You have one-on-one -on -one time and, and cocktails and, and how you're affecting the other players and using your chemistry game and all of that. So if I had the power to actually deliver the FIMP, if, if the producers allowed me to really do it in the way it's supposed to be done, I wouldn't just take into account the limo exit. Because I also know, as much as I say, getting a grandy means you know the producers favor you and stuff, I also know that limo exits are, they can be bargained. That, yep. you know, producers make certain deals with certain players and certain players can come in and have great ideas for limo exits and the producers won't let them do them. Right. So it's not always up to the player in terms of what their limo exit is. And I'm aware of that. I think this person really just wanted to know, like, you know, what would, what limo exit would impress you and you explain that even though you take into account more than just the limo exit you take into account like you said yeah being in the mansion all that but the, it is i like the parachute idea i think a squirrel tot with that than like a flying squirrel joke yeah i think that would impress you and speaking of squirrels if you yeah. had to pick one to live with would you rather live with 
a single 100-foot squirrel or 100 normal-sized squirrels. If I'm living with the single 100-foot tall squirrel, what structure am I living in? A a structure that would be able to house this 100-foot squirrel, for sure. Like the Staples Center or something that I'm is what I'm living in. <laughs> I think you mean the Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, the, the Crypto.com <laughs> Arena or something like a hundred foot creature is like, I'm not sure if you're aware of exactly how big that is to be able to live with a hundred foot tall creature. Right, okay, guys, right now, Clues is looking at me as if... No, I'm not. I'm not. I was saying you in the general sense, not <laughs> you specifically. I just meant you, humanity. Uh, if you're living with any creature, squirrel or otherwise, that is 100 feet tall, you are living in whatever the biggest building in the world is. So, Okay, what if it's 100 feet wide? Same. What is housing a 100 foot wide creature? So I take that just because I think it would be cool to live in like a basketball stadium or something. That'd be fun. You uh, you, you know what? That would be fun. I, I thought you would have picked the other option, though. The 100 normal-sized squirrels? That would be like your heaven. I mean, are they well-trained? Are they shitting everywhere? There are things to consider here. <laughs> and you don't think that the 100-foot one would take a massive shit? Like... Yeah, but I'm living in Crypto.com Arena. I, I have... I can go away from the shit. I can escape it. If you're living in like a fucking two bedroom apartment with a hundred squirrels. Listen, there's no way you can escape a hundred foot poop. Okay. There's just not. The poop won't be a hundred feet. It'll be like at least 50 feet. No. What? (laughs) Half the size of the creature? Have you ever? I'm not even going to get into this. Look, squirrels take very tiny poops. In relation to their body, their body to poop ratio, very low. Okay, so a hundred foot squirrel, I'm saying is probably dropping like a five foot long turd. And that is something that I can avoid in crypto.com arena for sure. All right, next question. But back to, no, let's let's really dig into this one. Okay. Because I think there's some logistics here. And so if you're living in just a regular condo, apartment, home, whatever, with 100 squirrels, there are turds everywhere. There is pee everywhere (laughs) all the time. What if they're well-trained? You're never escaping it. That's a different story, I guess. Um, But I still take the 100-foot squirrel just because (laughs) of I want to live in an arena. (laughs) All right. Next question. Who is DS? I've been so curious about this. I need to know more about her history with Batch, Nation, Gore, and her life in general. So there are a lot of questions in this vein, and I think I'm just going to give a brief summary for those of you who may have not listened to my Welcome to the Pit episode, because that was a long time ago. But at the time, uh, this would have been 2020, around then when I really started religiously listening to you guys. And I was working for Nikki Glazer at the time. And you guys on your This Week in Bachelor Nation had started to open the show by asking people if, you know, anybody in the pit has any connections and can get us the dark seasons, seasons two through seven, please let us know. And you would do this every opening of the episode. And finally, um, one day, I just remember being like, let me take a stab at it because like my Google search was going to be somehow way better than yours and Pace cases. So when I realized that I couldn't find anything 
with, you know, a Google search, then I got curious personally. I'm like, what is mm-hmm. so precious and secretive that is on these seasons that I cannot find it anywhere? And, you know, Clues, you made a good point. You were like, the fact that I can find the two seasons of that Breaking Amish show from the early aughts, but mm-hmm. I can't find seasons two through seven of The Bachelor, like, it was just very weird. So no, it was purposeful. I like what you're talking about, you know, trying to Google it and stuff. I remember when we put out the call that like, we need the dark seasons. We need these seasons two through seven. Obviously we, we needed them for statistical research for our book. And I went down as many rabbit holes as I could. I was like, I'll be able to find these. I spent weeks looking for them, emailing people. I found a person who had at one time anyway, put up on a website that they were selling the old seasons on DVD. I contacted that person and it seemed like, oh shit, I'm going to be able to buy them from this person. And then just ghosted that person. We literally were like in communication, maybe two or three days. It was probably like a five email exchange. And it was like, okay, he's going to sell me these DVDs. And then just nothing disappeared. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And that was as close as I ever came to it. And that same guy, um, you know, if you do go back and listen to my Welcome to the Pit, I do talk about, I also encountered that guy and asked him for those specific seasons. And after he was like, sure, a day went by. And then when you went to his website, he was no longer selling those specific seasons. He had, it was like bigbrotherdvdworld.com or something. And yeah. he had like all the American Idol seasons, all the Survivor, all Big Brother, obviously. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, something's up. Because mm-hmm. he didn't get rid of it when you first asked. But then months later when I did, I was like, Ooh, what's going on? So basically, I went on a six-month journey um, where I called the Library of Congress. You know, I was looking on Craigslist just for random people that, you know, may have had random TiVo DVDs back in the early aughts. Um, I got in contact with Aaron Berge's family because I have Missouri connections. And it That's was the second bachelor for those who yes. may not know. And he is from my hometown. And so I was like, maybe I could get that season. I did end up finding season five, but it was in a library in Australia. And if I wanted to, you know, check them out, I had to start a interlibrary loan. It was just, it was so much. And I almost gave up, but on month five, uh, <laughs> I had a phone call with my mom. And this is why we also call her the dark mother because she <laughs> kind of was the final kick in, you know, uh, yeah. she kicked it off. She, I, I told her, you know, mom, I I can't find these seasons. Cause she'd asked me how my day was. And I was like, oh, you won't understand. Cause she doesn't still understand what this is. So I kind of explained to her what I was doing. And she goes, well, you gave them your word, right? Grayson? And I was like, well, I mean, I, I told them I would try my best. And she goes, then you got to find them. Why would you give up? Mm-hmm. And and I was just like, that was really kind of the 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 wake up call I needed because I was very close to just giving up because it was just impossible. But my yeah. mom was like, we were too. Yeah, we had a contingency for our book. We were like, well, fuck it. We're just gonna have to like start the statistics at season nine or whatever yeah. and go from there. And oh well. 
but it was my mom who was like, you, you, your word is all you have, Grace Ann. You better mm-hmm. go find those seasons. And it was, yeah. And so then uh, after I found the dark seasons and gave them two clues, uh, I like obviously at that time had become very close with clues and pace case. And, you know, I wanted nothing more than to have some sort of job at Gore. Like that was my dream. And it happened. And there were a lot of questions being like, what compelled you to take the job at Gore? I compelled me. I wanted it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's a, that's a little short synopsis. And uh, if you want to hear the whole story, there is a welcome to the pit episode. All right. Next question. Clues and Dark Seeker. What are your big three in astrology? Now, clues and pace case do not care, but I care. So I'm going to give you all of our big threes. So clues. You are a Gemini sun, Aquarius moon, and Aquarius rising. What does any of this mean? Uh, You know, I feel like if I even attempt to explain it, you're just going to be like, that's bullshit, which is fine. No, I, I just, you know, I'm looking for like a two to three sentence, you know, kind of explanation of what any of that means. That's all. And I'll offer no re- refutation. Okay. I would say the double Aquarius, the Aquarius moon and the Aquarius rising as an Aquarius myself, uh, that means that you're not like, you don't lead with your emotions. You're very analytical. You think of big things that you want to impact the world. Like, you know, you do really think big and now knowing you and you don't lead with emotions. Like you are very analytical and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, you're just, you're guarded. You have a close, inner circle and other people don't really get to know you. You're kind of like a coconut. We got to crack you open. (laughs) And so it it takes a little bit, but once you do crack you open, whoever cracks you open, you're your, their friend. You are their friend for life. Like you have to put time and energy into getting to know Chad. And once you do, Hmm. he's, he's, he's great. He'll be there for you. Um, Okay. I am an Aquarius sun, um, an Aquarius moon, and a Scorpio rising. What does that mean? It means that, um, what does it mean? It means that I am uh, very guarded in who I trust. Um, and You're a le- coconut too. I am a coconut, yes. Dark coconut. Dar- <laughs> the dark, can that be my name? <laughs> DC, dark coconut. Um, And Lizzie is a Taurus sun, Leo moon, and Libra rising. And when I found that out, guys, I have been for so long, I was like, I know Lizzie has major Libra placements. And to find this out, I was like, I knew it. I knew it. And so... What does that mean? Lizzie is laid back. She gives off very chill vibes. And like... It's so easy to get along with her, in my opinion. And for me, as an Aquarius, you know, I have just always, like, gravitated toward Libras, whether it's friendships, romantic relationships, because I feel more calm. Like, 
they take my anxiety down a few levels and kind of ground me back to just what's going on. So a lot of people are asking that. So you guys officially have the answer. You can stop asking. Okay. Um, What animal do you want to see in the document that we haven't seen yet? That we haven't seen yet? Correct. Dragon. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it has to be a tot or something, obviously. There are not real dragons unless they have like Komodo dragons. But I'm talking about like a mythological fantasy dragon. I would love to see. I think that could be a tot for someone. Have we not seen a possum yet? We have not seen a possum. Wow. All right. It makes me very angry. Um, how will AI be incorporated into The Bachelor since it definitely will be? I think the beginning, it's going to be incorporated into The Bachelor in the same way that it's going to be incorporated into like all TV shows, just audience manipulation and like metrics and stuff like that. You look at like um, LinkedIn, for example, right now uses an AI that can predict when people are most likely to stop using LinkedIn or like check out or cancel their account. And when it starts seeing certain behaviors out of users that indicate they are very close to quitting, this AI kicks in and it starts sending you certain emails or whatever to try and get you to stay. And uh, LinkedIn, I I think it was LinkedIn or maybe it was an outside um, like consulting firm. They put out an article that said essentially using this AI, LinkedIn was able to retain something like 18% of people who would have canceled their premium uh, subscriptions. Wow. Right. So I think that you're going to start seeing shit like that. Certainly streaming services are going to be using that. Yeah. But I think like anything that has an audience will eventually be using some kind of AI to be able to hold on to the people that are part of the audience and to potentially get new ones too. But I think you're going to start to see that in The Bachelor for sure. Um, especially where it relates to like social media. And if they do wind up going to streaming, I think that'll be implemented immediately. But I think this question is probably... Like in the document. Yeah, in the document, right? So how are you going to see AI in the document? Um, That I'm not sure about. Because there's, you know, part of how the game works is that you're cut off from technology. You have no access to the internet or your phone or AI. And so I don't know if you could ever have it openly in the show unless it was like an AI host or something which I could see happening in the next 10 years, let's say. Yeah, I mean, it could obviously affect like the the third audience and the fourth audience could do something with it. But yeah, I don't, I, but definitely the first thing you said is 100% going to happen. I, and I also think AI hosts of TV shows will become commonplace at a certain point because then you don't run into a problem like despite all the problems that Dark Lord Harrison had, he had one problem, which was he was getting up there in age. And yeah. especially in something like The Bachelor, I think it became, at least for me, increasingly strange to watch as this guy was getting older and older and playing some kind of like father figure role to yeah. the players. Or I, I don't know exactly what. He also was like pretending to be their contemporary and their peer. It was very strange. So if you have an AI that doesn't age... However, the AI is represented, if it's like a hologram on screen or if they have like a, a physical like robot body or something, whatever it is, it won't age. And so it will allow you to have one host forever. Oh, I was just about to say, couldn't the AI generate a script for a host, but you're talking about aging. I was like, because if people still wanted, you know, that feeling mm. of having a human host 
Yeah. AI script generation, I think The Bachelor could be using that now, honestly. Like, I know they have producers who write all the shit that the hosts say and all the date cards and all of that, but an AI could do that now as well as they do it, for sure. Clues? Yeah? Let's imagine that you have control of Dark Lord Palmer's mind for 24 hours of filming. What would you do? What? I don't understand the question. It says... Do I... <laughs> Clues has... How am I... Ma- Clues has control. This is a very strange question. <laughs> Let's say you're okay. Rather than control, you are Dark Lord Harrison, like in his body or whatever for 24 hours. Okay, you're controlling. I him. astral project into his body. I can see through his eyes, hear through his ears, all that. But you're doing his action, like whatever he's doing, yeah. it's coming. I'm yeah. controlling him like a puppet, but I'm inside his yes. body. Okay. What would you do? And it's 24 hours of filming. Well, I mean, there's like a million other questions that have to be answered now. What 24 hours? Is it night one? Is it playoffs? Is it regular season? Is it international? What do you want it to be? Is it a- after the final rose? Is you- Live on stage is what I would want to do. Okay, it. then it would be that. What would you do? I would look directly into the camera and spill all of the darkest dirt that I have on everything that I've ever seen. And I just would not shut up. I would just be like, here's the deal. They would cut you off. Okay. That would then become something. That's true. Okay. And then I would go immediately to my Instagram and be like, they cut me off. And I would just keep doing it as an Instagram live. And I would reveal everything that I knew, everything that I had sworn to secrecy. And, you know, hopefully... I would be able to deliver enough of these things. I mean, would I have access to his mind when I'm in his body? Will I have his memories and shit? Yes. Yes. Yeah, then that's what I'd do, I think. I would wait till the after the final <laughs> rose so that it's live. And I would just deliver the darkest dirt. That would be pretty epic. I agree. No, but not as epic as this next question. This made me laugh so hard. Okay. Fuck Mary Kill. It's like restaurant, so genuine, so real, and depends mm. on who you wind up being. Mm. Mm. I love this question. This is a hard one. I know. So genuine, so real. Okay, so two of those are grocery store Joe mm-hmm. quotes. One of them is Madison Pruitt by way of Instagram. Right. By way of her supposed social media friend who had access to her account and all that shit. Right. Um, Okay. So genuine, so real. God, this is really fucking hard. I know. It's really hard. I don't know if I can do this. This is so fucking hard. I believe in you. Because the truth of the matter is here, I don't want to kill any of these. No, exactly. I love them all very much. (laughs) So to kill, okay, okay. I think I kill, or do I have to do it in order? Do I have to do it in order F, marry, kill? No, you can do it in whatever order you want. Okay, I'm going to kill So Genuine, So Real, unfortunately, because I don't think it adds any new understanding to the game. It was an error. It was a parasocial error that she made or her whatever. She then pawned it off on like, it wasn't my account. (laughs) But basically the so genuine, so real thing, what we're talking about is uh, while Madison Pruitt's season was airing, someone put a comment on one of her own posts that said, Madison, you're so genuine, so real. 
but it was her. It came from her account. Filming had just ended. So she had actually like, you know, everybody had their social media back again. And then all of a sudden, like sudden, you know, her account comes up and comments. She commented on her own post saying that she was so genuine, so real. And then she came out and said, that wasn't me. My friend had access to this weird excuse. It was just a very bad move on her part. So I kill it. You know what? I erase that from existence. I say, Madison Pruitt, go live your life. You're the biggest TikTok player the game has ever seen. Congratulations on that. And let's let's forget this moment, even though I would never forget it because it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I just feel like it added nothing to the game overall. So goodbye. So genuine, so real. Now I've got... It's like restaurant and depends on who you wind up being left. One of these I have to fuck and one of these I have to marry. Yep. I'm marrying... It's like restaurant. Really? Yeah. Because it's like restaurant gives me so much fucking joy. It would be a beautiful (laughs) life together with me and it's like restaurant. We would have fun every day, all day, and I would never be bored. And I could see myself living a really, truly happy life with it's like restaurant. Oh, that's so heartwarming. Thank you. And depends on who you wind up being. I'm fucking. Okay. Because I ha- I mean I have no choice, I guess. It's it's just the third option here. But I think in that I might get to there's a darkness to to it that I think could be, you know, potentially interesting in that scenario. Oh. I, I don't know how else to put it. You know what I mean? No, I I I get you. There's something a little sinister in it that's like a little attractive maybe that's like, oh, it depends on who you wind up being. And you wouldn't want to marry depends on who you wind up being cuz they would stab you in the back. Yeah, that's very dark. That's a dark marriage that will end poorly. You know what? At first I did really think you were going to Mary depends on who you wind up being. But after your explanation, I 100% agree. Those would be my same. (laughs) But I love that question. Dark Seeker, would you ever go into our beloved game? What strategy would you pick? Well, uh, Mm. this is a Dark Seeker exclusive. I'm going to tell you guys something that um, I am not proud of uh, that I did a long time ago. Uh, I don't know if you will even remember this story, Chad, but... Here you go. This is what y'all get. So I was 22 years old and I decided it was time. You know, I didn't want to apply when I was 21. I was like, I'm, I gotta be 22. Um, Smart. And when I found out it was going to be Nick Vial, I loved him so much. I loved him during Andy's season. Even when he said the make love to you comment, I thought then, I thought that that was the most real, like emotionally intelligent thing that I had ever seen. Obviously I was extremely naive and, uh, you know, young and just weird, but I just thought he could do no wrong. And when they announced him as the bachelor, I was like, this is my person. So I proceeded to make an audition tape that is still somewhere. It's somewhere in my... Oh, my God. I know. We need to see that very badly. Need to see it. All I can tell you is that from what I remember, I sent... uh, And by the way, I sent it in to producers. They probably still have it somewhere. Like, I sent it in with my pictures and all that stuff. Like, I mailed it Mm. in. 
And the video was horrible. Um, I just remember talking about like, you know, Nick is so cool and da 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 And it was just so cringe. And next time I go to Missouri. God, I have to see this. Oh, I'm going to try to find you're it. You're killing me. I know. This is like the lost tape from the Dark Seasons. <laughs> this is like, this needs to be fucking found immediately. I have to see every fucking frame of it. I'm going to, I might be going to Missouri for Memorial Day. And if I do, that is literally at the top of my list of things to do. Oh, is I cannot wait. Hopefully. And I know I made five copies of it for some reason. So there are five copies laying around. Well, actually four. One is with the producers. But, uh, yeah. And would I ever do it now? No. I, after everything we have heard off the record, on the record, fuck no. I, uh, that they would destroy me. Like, it, I, I, I don't think I could handle it. Or you would go in and fucking kick major ass because you know how to play the game now. But they, I think that they would figure out who I was and then they would intentionally sabotage me in the editing or something like that. Let them try. If you're a good player, you can get around that. That's true. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy. .co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues, underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the, the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes mm. and there's no rhyme or reason to them you got ones that are super old uh different brands etc you don't know what to expect but now i have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies and now i want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to i'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my <laughs> Um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses 
for 20% off plus free shipping. Me undies, comfort from the outside in. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. True. That's true. Okay. You can only choose one moment in our beloved game to astral project to. What is it? Oh, God. Um... (laughs) Jesus Christ. Only one? Only this one? is so fucking hard. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I'm just like, there's a cascade of fucking like <laughs> still images of different shit that's happened throughout the history of the game just flooding my fucking brain right now. I mean, fucking Christ. Probably, God damn it, that's hard. I mean, here's one that's just coming to the top of my head and it may not, I'm just going to throw out a bunch, I think. One is the moment the producers go to Raven Gates and they say, now we need you to run around this town and pretend like you had your first orgasm. Oh, my God. That, like, what she said to that. Yeah. I would, or if they even told her. Like, I'm also curious if they even told her that's what this was. It might have just been like, run around and look like you're having fun. A lot of fun. More fun. We need you to look like you're having more fun. Keep jumping. Now let's see. Put your hands in the air. Okay, now skip around. What? You want me to skip? Why? Just skip. We're not going to tell you, but just skip. It's going to be great. You'll see. <laughs> I feel like it was that. Probably. Or I don't know, though, because she's been like, she was the person who came out and showed the the notebook paper that yeah. she had written where she had like categorized all the different players that were still left and which camps they were in and who had loyalties and allegiances and that she traded that information for sleep, she said, in my mind means like she was probably down. They probably just had to be like, hey, we're going to do this thing where it's like pretending like you had an orgasm and she's like cool funny haha at any rate i want to know what happened yeah um i would love to have seen that um i would also go back to trish schneider showing up on jesse palmer's (laughs) fantasy suite date with manny j jeffries what the fuck that was like oh yeah she just shows up because at that point nothing like that had ever happened um i would love to go back to dark lord harrison Season four, him coming into that group date with the four white roses, the first time that they did any kind of manipulation of of group date roses. That's interesting to me. I would love to go back to Dark Lord Harrison talking to Rosalind. Oh, yes. About 
having an inappropriate relationship. That was in season seven, I believe. That was she, that was Jake Pavelka. And by the way, uh, oh, it was Pavelki. Yeah, Pavelki. You know that that was a complete lie that has been proven in Amy Kaufman's yeah. book. It's just so insane that people still yes. reference that and think it's real. It's not. I would love to go to Paradise when all the players are brought back after the <gasps> Crinolipios Demario Jackson oh. incident and forced to give group consent to stay there. That was a chilling moment that I would like to have witnessed personally. These are so good. Chase Rice in season 24. <laughs> yes. I would love to have seen, been there for that moment when Victoria Fuller's just like, excuse me, what? Uh, there's just so many. Like, I don't know that I can choose one. And, and obviously, the very moment you brought up, how can you make love to me if you weren't in love with me? That to me was like a crystallizing moment in the <laughs> career of Vial. Yeah. It really cemented him in a, you know, there, there are great, players of sports throughout time for sure but there's this extra fucking thing that is like as great as a player was that maybe they've won championships and batting titles and whatever what have they added to the lore of the game what have they added to the game in a, a way that's kind of intangible a personality that they might have injected into it or whatever and in that moment to me the great one did that he gave us this just infinitely quotable line that goes down in history. And it's still used to this day. Like, And you know, that's actually a really good point because let's just take the one that comes from the, the top of my head that has stayed, and it's not as long as Nick's has stayed, but Yosef being like, you know, I have a daughter at home. People still, the biggest accounts on Twitter who live tweet The Bachelor Anytime anything scandalous happens, they're all they're always like, how could Michelle do that knowing, you know, Yosef has a, a daughter at home that has stayed. And I feel like it's going to stay just like, how could you uh, make what was the exact quote again that he said? It was like, I don't know the exact thing, but it was basically this. Uh, how could you? Oh, no. I don't understand how you make love of me. If, if you are if you are in love with me wow I felt like, like I was really there when you just did that wow <laughs> oh wow I mean that's just one of my favorite <laughs> moments but I mean there have been so many crazy fucking moments throughout the the history of it and I mean I guess the question is really getting to like if you could have witnessed what really happened you know which moment would you choose and I think those ones that I said are, are, those are the top of the head moments for sure. I think like the night that Corinne Olympio skipped a fucking rose ceremony to take a nap. I would have <laughs> loved to have been there for that shit. Any of Tierra Lacazzi's IFIs oh, yes. during season 17. Would have loved to have seen any of that. Of course, the two-on-one date between Ashley Iconetti and Kelsey Poe would have been a fascinating thing to be there for. There's just a lot of great moments. I, I mean, you know, I would love to have seen in person like um, a Kelsey Weir Hooju. Oh, yes. Ser the Serene Russell 10.0 Hooju from this past season. I would have loved to have seen any of these things. And that was in your, what would be, if you were on The Bachelorette, that would be your hometown, Oklahoma City, right? Well, that's where my parents currently reside. But no, I would say my hometown is Los Angeles. Oh, that's, duh. I don't know why I even, Yeah. All right. Um, would you rather be reincarnated as DLH's dog or Nick Vial's dog? And what would your first action be? 
Nick Vile's dog is what I would choose because I there is a level of terror I think that probably exists in the home of DLH that I don't want to like tangle with. Vial has certain qualities about him that might be annoying and difficult to deal with or whatever, but I don't get a vibe from him that is sinister. It's more like a little bit oblivious and a little narcissistic, but like generally I believe he's probably a good person. Yeah. Game of game. uh, What is it? Game of, sorry. I had to. I was, I was a game of thrones. Oh yeah. That's right. Uh Okay. So the, the real benefit though, in being Nick Vile's dog is that can I, am I like a fully human level sentient creature? Can I speak as this dog? You know, this question didn't, well, dogs can't speak. Not yet. I mean, they can bark. You can bark at him. Right. I'm asking, can I engage in human speech? No. As this creature? You would just be the creature. Can I somehow learn how to write or can I use those buttons that some of those dogs use? (laughs) You can use the buttons. Like, yeah, like how the TikTok dogs use. (laughs) If I, if I, you know, transport it into Nick Vial's dog's body, my first order of business (laughs) would be a kind of long-term project to try and convince Natalie Joy to break up with him and play in The Bachelor, become a player. And I think I could be successful at it if I was his dog. I think you could too, like genuinely. I think you could figure out ways to like, you know, whether it's with the buttons or just, you know, shitting Mm -hmm. on things and blaming it on Nick, you know, or... (laughs) Exactly. And then I, as they break up, I make it very clear that my choice is to go with her. So I leave Nick Vial, I become oh. Natalie Joy's dog, and then I wind up in the document just like Copper when Rachel Lindsay was the Bachelorette because I would be able to coach her as her dog to becoming the next Bachelorette, and she would then be indebted to me and take me into the show as kind of her sidekick. Thank you. Wow. I, that's amazing. I just have to, I have to go to the next question. That was beautiful. Do you still think DLH will run for political office? 100%. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be on the scale of like national politics, but I think he's definitely going to run for some kind of state politics or potentially even local. I could see him being the mayor of, you know, whatever. Where does he live? Somewhere in Texas, right? Austin. Okay. Uh, But uh, my thing would be, there still are lots of like rumors. And I actually have a friend who... uh, he's a lawyer and he does a lot of work on like TV shows. Like he worked on Joe Millionaire and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. He even has heard rumors that, you know, DLH is thinking of a new dating show. Like those are the rumors that he is already putting together some. That's not even a rumor. There were articles that came out immediately after he left the show saying that there was already a company developing a new dating show with him. So don't you think that would kind of, well, no, we had a reality TV show host as a president. Never mind. I was about to ask, don't you think that'll get in the way? But well. no, because he'll do however many seasons of that show and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But he's still going to have cachet as like a celebrity. And I think that's really all you need for the American political system now. It's just who's more famous basically is going to win the race every time. Yeah, that's true. Next question. Would Clues rather go to Coachella and camp or not be allowed to wear black ever again? Oh, not be allowed to wear black ever again. I'll take, I don't really care what color I wear. 
That's it was like an arbitrary choice, and now it's just become what I do. What you always talk about how you wear black. What what that's become like a bit. Yeah, it's just as I said though, it's an arbitrary choice. It could be any other color. I don't care. I would just get the same outfit like every time as I do now. Uh, camping is like n- that's hell on earth to me. Okay, I cannot. I would never indulge, never engage. I've done it a couple of times in my life. This is not just, you know, based on nothing. I have attempted it. I fucking hated it. It makes me feel like my skin is crawling. But like if I had to wear, let's say, dark gray instead of black at all times, <laughs> I don't care. Okay, that's true. This, per- I mean, I, yeah, I thought maybe you would really push back and be like, oh, but I got to wear black. Um, what about glamping? Have you ever done glamping? Um, is that just like staying in a hotel? <laughs> no, it's like, oh, it's, no, but the tents they have like have air conditioning and TVs and Wi-Fi and all. And they're like, cool. Like, it's like glamping. Yeah, I, I just don't. But is there like a shower in there? I bet there's some type of setup that definitely has know. a shower. If I'm being honest, I don't even like showers. Like, it's got to be a bathtub. You take baths? Yeah. No. Yeah, exclusively. This is a, another, um, this would be a Clues uh, update. No, an original, a Clues uh, revelation. Clues takes baths. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's just what I prefer. If I've got the option, it's always going to be a bath. And uh, I don't really like showers. I think they're they're just hard. I don't like standing up. Like if I'm really honest with myself ever, I'd rather be <laughs> sitting or laying at all times. And so a bath gives me the opportunity to lay down. And I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question. If you could have experience as the lead or the Dark Lord, which one would you pick? Hmm. Well, I mean, Dark Lord, you get to, you know, be a part of the game for a longer period of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the lead does come with it certain interesting aspects. I think I go with lead and then I try to deconstruct the show in some way i try to do something interesting that season that reveals some kind of some of the darkness if possible okay no fuck it i'd go dark lord fuck it i'm dark lord you're dark lord yeah i'd go dark lord interesting okay next question what about you that's hard um i mean i would say the lead just because of the fact that i don't if i'm the dark lord that means i have to be in this extremely dark manipulative environment for longer than the lead would be. And I don't know if I could handle that. Like just seeing it all and not being able to like speak on it, that would drive me crazy. But you can speak on it. Being the dark Lord is like being the Pope. The Catholic church is a sinister organization. And I mean, all the heads of it are pretty sinister too, I guess, or have been traditionally, but some less sinister than others. Some are more progressive in certain ways than others. And so I think the identity of the show gets wrapped into the identity of whoever the Dark Lord is at the time. You think? And you could be a kind, kinder, gentler Dark Lord. But I mean, the producers are still going to do, they're going to do stuff that take, I mean, Jesse, for example, you know, they're doing stuff behind his back that he has no idea about. Like he's not as involved. For sure. 
as Chris Harrison. And I think the only reason Chris Harrison was allowed to be that involved is because he was the original Dark Lord and had been there since the beginning. And yeah, totally. Yeah. He had seen the evolution of it. In many ways, he had seniority over all of the producers. Yeah. Because he had been there for so fucking long. I, I don't know how many producers... Uh, let's go up until like season 25, his last season. I don't know how many producers were actually there from the beginning, but like at least Mike Fleiss was. That's true. You know? Yeah. And if it's just Fleiss and DLH as like the only two people who've been there for all of it, then yeah, you're, you have so much power over all the producers, even more than Elon Gale, I would argue. I Yeah, that's a good point. Next question. Dark Seeker, who would have to be the lead for you to sign away your civil rights? Bernie Sanders and only Bernie Sanders. <laughs> oh my God. Next question. Bernie Sanders as a bachelor? Dude, I, w- I would. I really like your limo exit tonight. Uh, what What is it? What, what is your, oh, you came out as universal healthcare. That's very good. I get it. Very funny. I love it. The top 1% of this group of women is getting uh, preferred treatment from the third audience. And the rest of the players are not, we must unionize. You know, something like that. All right, fair enough. Does Clues intend to finish a book he started called The Pattern? Oh, yes. I feel like that book is in some ways my life's work. Or, I don't know. It's a very different thing than I've ever written before. It is not narrative. It is a kind of philosophy book, if anything, I guess. But I have some projects currently on my plate that I need to get off. And once I do, there are four other projects that will take place in those. And then once (laughs) those are over, uh, probably the pattern is next in line. I mean, I've been working on it piecemeal for six or seven years at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like it's starting to snap into my head about like how to how to do it well. And like I said, once I clear some of this other stuff off the plate, refill the plate and then clear it again. The pattern is getting on the plate. This this next question is so good. If Bachelor is a harder game, which we've established that, harder than The Bachelorette, correct? No, it's not a harder game. It's that you're playing against better players. Right, so then inherently it's more difficult than The Bachelorette, correct? No, the game is the same. It's like saying is the NBA harder than WNBA. It's not. It's the same game. So you're saying, but... The competition is harder. Right. The competition is harder. That's what... Right. Th- we've established that. So... Okay. If The Bachelor is a harder competition than The mm-hmm. Bachelorette, doesn't that mean Vial played an easier game than Caitlin? Not an easier game. He played against an easier field of competition. Right. Twice, though. And made it second place two times in a row. Then he did a full end run on Paradise. Then he was the lead. And look, you can you can say all you want about it's harder to play the Bachelorette or the Bachelor than it is the Bachelorette. You've said that. Yes, I'm. I'm not disputing that. I'm. I'm agreeing with that statement. The Bachelor requires a higher degree of skill to make a deep run than the Bachelorette does. That said, he made two deep runs back to back and a paradise run and became the lead. I think he established a level of dominance through play that, in my mind, counteracts or offsets 
whatever the discrepancy between quality of other players are in the bachelor or bachelorette. He was so dominant that it wasn't like, well, he was playing against easier people. So what, I mean, this is like an argument that comes up all the time in baseball with like uh babe ruth for example people are like yeah he hit all those fucking home runs and shit but pitchers weren't as good then and it's like well whatever they say that yeah that oh that's so uh okay um but i think you know this was just a interesting way that this person put it i've never heard it because i agree that the bachelor is a harder game like you said the competition is like way higher than if you were on The Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. And I'm not disputing that, yeah, he made two deep runs on The Bachelorette, but it's still interesting to think like, and easier doesn't mean better. I'm. It just, maybe he did play the easier game. You know, though, th there are elements of this. I mean, I think it's a more nuanced conversation because overall, I think it's harder to play against the second audience in The Bachelor. But when you're talking about Bachelorette versus Bachelor, I think it's actually harder to play against the first audience in Bachelorette. I, I agree. Than it is in Bachelor. That's a good point. So there are some things that like counteract. Um, you know, overall, it is a game where you're competing against, you know, whatever, 25 to 32 other players. And I think that is really where the, the big difference is between Bachelor and Bachelorette. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I do. I'm not disputing what I've already said. I do think Bachelor is a an overall harder version of the game to play because of uh, the second audience. But he's still, t in my mind, simply because of the number of roses, kisses, screen time, seasons appeared in, deep runs, all of that. No one has ever done anything like that in either game, Bachelor or Bachelorette. And to me, that is the most impressive single kind of like beginning to end run. I mean, he dominated a four-year period of the fucking show. He was the main character of the show for four years. I don't think we're going to see that again, ever, anything close to it. And again, this, I thought, I, you know, the GOAT debate between you and Lizzie is, you know, that's that. But I just thought that this was interesting just for that, you know, if we didn't take, if we just took his uh, Andy season and compared it against uh, Chris Soule's season. I think, you know, does that mean that just those two, not anything in the future, does that mean that Nick technically played an easier game than Caitlin? I just thought that question was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's very hard to, to even find, like, a, a real way to compare that. I agree. I just don't think it's possible. And all we really have to go on are, like, stats and stuff because whether the game was easier or not overall which again i don't think is a is something you can really accurately say we always talk about it or at least i do in very generic terms that generally speaking women are better players than men yeah and so in any given season of a bachelor you're gonna have a harder second audience game that you have to play you have to really be on your fucking second audience game to do well that said you know, as we just stated, I think it's probably a harder first audience game to play against a bachelorette than it is a bachelor. Because you see stuff like, you know, what Courtney Robertson did to Ben Flanick in 16. Mm. Wound that motherfucker up around her finger and was like literally got him to a point where she could just say like, this other player needs to go home tonight and he would get rid of her. Yeah. I don't 
think a guy does that to a bachelorette. I don't think that is possible. I mean, uh, you're making a lot of good points. And speaking of goat status, where does the dark seeker stand on what constitutes constitutes, uh, the goat status? And let me just make myself clear. I am not either Team Nick or Team Caitlin. I think that they are both phenomenal. And I think that they definitely should be in the conversation for GOAT. My personal GOAT is Rachel Lindsay due to the fact that she was able to become the first African-American lead after so many years of these rigid, archaic producers only doing, you know, their white men and white women, you know, recipe, if you will, for so many years. And she, you know, broke through. And not only did she break through, she turned on the franchise when they didn't make real change and was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to go be a super mega famous host. Like she's just getting more and more famous every day. And I think she's my personal goat, but I also, I like to keep a neutral uh, stance on the debate between Chad and Lizzie because it makes it more fun. Because I see both of their points, honestly, for each one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, like, I agree with Lizzie that Caitlin Bristow is one of the best players who ever lived and in that top five kind of conversation. And I, Nick Vial is in that conversation too. These are subjective opinions about who the GOAT is. I'm aware of that. I don't think there's even like a way to objectively determine it at this point. It's very similar to any argument in any other professional sport. Like is Michael Jordan or LeBron James the best? We'll never know because we'll never get to see them. Isn't it Michael Jordan? Many people think it's LeBron James. Some people think it's Kobe Bryant. Some people think it's Magic Johnson. Some people think it's Wilt Chamberlain. Some people think it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And they all have statistical <laughs> metrics that can kind of back up certain things, like who has the most points versus who has the most points in a season versus who has the most championships. All this kind of shit. I'm just saying all we can do when we're talking about the GOAT is look at these metrics, look at the data we have, and say, like, yes, maybe Vial played in an easier era or against easier players than Caitlin Bristow. But he does have more total roses and he does have more second. I mean, he finished twice in a higher place than Caitlin Bristow ever did. I mean, it was literally, I mean, but Caitlin, it's not like third place is anything to shake a stick at. No, absolutely not. But he beat that placement two times in a row. Okay. That's just the metrics. And like I'm saying, it's subjective. You can make the counter argument that, yeah, but third place is statistically the best place to finish to become bachelorette, et cetera, et cetera. All these arguments can be made. I'm saying it will only ever be subjective. I have what I believe to be true. Pace Case has what she believes to be true. Everyone else has whatever they believe to be true. And it's all just a conversation. Yeah, good, good, uh, good ending on that. Um, next one is a really interesting. Uh, clues. You find yourself yeah. in bed with Nick Vial. What do you whisper in his ear while he slumbers? What's what? What scenario is this? <laughs> Please this explain. One. How did I get into this bed? Is am I his dog again? What's going on here? <laughs> in this scenario, it seems like you are not his dog. It just says you find yourself. Okay. So I think you kind of it's kind of like one of those things you wake up from a coma, but you're in Nick Vial's bed. So it could be in some kind of romantic capacity it could be that i was just at his party and got drunk and passed out it could be or two buds just sharing a bed i've done a 
home I'm- invasion just to sleep next to him. It could be anything. I'm not exactly sure about the context of this question, but I think what it's getting at is what would I try to subliminally implant in his mind? Is that really what it's asking here? It says, what do you whisper in his ear while he slumbers? I mean, the first thing is probably you should have Game of Roses on your on Vial files. I want that to happen so fucking badly. I would love to go on his show. I think it's going to happen. I think the pit provides. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But other than that, I mean... I would probably try to encourage him to really take acting seriously and give that a good <laughs> shot. I want to see him in some more movies. <laughs> uh, oh my, so it's Game of Roses and get back into acting. I'd be like, Nick, <laughs> Nick, you were very good in that Halo Top commercial. And that Hallmark movie is vastly underrated. Don't give up on acting, Nick. Tomorrow, call your agent and have them send you out on more auditions. I'd say something like that. And also, don't forget to invite Game of Roses on the Vial Files. Just add that at the end. Dark Seeker, what is your fave season and fave player? Um, That's easy. Favorite season is Charlie O'Connell, so season seven. And... I did think about this for a while, and I think my favorite player is genuinely Becca Martinez. I really think that is, she just, you know, she was one of the first ever, like, Bachelor people that I actually followed on my personal account. And to me, as, like, a social media person, the power that that holds is, you know, very uh, powerful in my book. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... um body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Next question. Dream Bachelor Nation blunt rotation. Chris Souls. What? Yeah, I'd love to get high with Chris Souls. That is the most random... Explain explain that one, please. It's very clear that there are some fucking stoners who have come through our beloved game. That does not interest me. I want somebody who is not a fucking weed smoker, somebody you would never think. Like, I would love to get Golden Boy Sean Lowe. Kelsey? Kelsey Poe is in that rotation. Yes, let's go, baby! <laughs> Chris Souls is in that rotation for sure. Dark Lord Harrison is in that rotation for sure. Uh... God, who else? Madison Pruitt is in that rotation for <laughs> sure. That would be a fascinating one. Jesus oh my Christ. Gosh. Um, but Sean Lowe is probably actually top of that list. Really? Sean yeah. Lowe. I feel like he's pretty transparent now, at least, about his time in game. Like, you know, he'll just randomly mm. be on his Instagram stories with Catherine and just be like, yeah, but I mean, this is a this is a game, and they're like watching The Bachelor, or The Bachelorette, and he's just like, it's it, it's like football, and I'm just like, okay, Sean, let's go, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, that isn't. I would also put, uh, probably most significantly, GSJ. Ooh, what do you think he's like? I think he would be very forthcoming about some stuff when he's high. Really? Yeah, I think you get him high and get him talking. He's like, look. You don't know how the show goes, okay? You go in there and give me that joint. <laughs> all right. Now I can tell you some real stuff, all right? You know I got my sauce and all of that. I'm talking about it tastes like restaurant. And I'm talking about who you wind up being. But let me tell you something, okay? It's all connected. You either fall in love with the lead or you don't. Yeah, exactly. He gets really belligerent. Listen, you don't know anything about this show, okay? You fall in love with Leo, you don't. Now, somebody gonna pass me some of that pizza? I hear it's like restaurant. Oh my gosh, your face. I would love to get high with GSJ. I think it'd be so fun. I want to get high with the entire, all the company podcast uh, men. I think that would be uh, very interesting. I would love to do an episode of Clickbait where we all get high. Clickbait, if you're listening, please have Game of Roses on. We will smoke out with you. Shit, I'll come to New York for that. I'll fucking fly there and do it in person. We finally found what will get clues to finally yeah. come to New York. Getting high with clickbait. Yes. I th I mean, that would be more listened to than Joe Rogan or Call Her Daddy or any of yeah, those. I don't think any of the, the uh, company podcasts will ever do that. Hey, never say never. Um... <laughs> Two more questions. If held at gunpoint, what dish would you cook with grocery store Joe's sauce? I would make, well, I only make one dish really. Um, it's like a vegetable stew and I eat it for pretty much every meal. I would just make that. I would just pour the sauce into the stew. Uh, well, I mean, I guess 
let's say the days when you didn't just eat that stew, would there be anything Mm. in particular that you would make with his sauce? I didn't cook before that at all. Okay. And the final question, I think this is the most important question, and it is, how do you talk to girls about crypto? What? Are you, you don't re- remember when you were on the TikTok and I had my final straw with you and you asked me what that final straw was when I was like, hey, you need to get off the company TikTok. And it was, I was scrolling and then I came across, I logged in one day and it was some guy and he was like, this is how you talk to girls about crypto. And that was my fault? <laughs> Because I would be getting all these weird, like, AI, alien simulation TikToks in the midst of all the Bachelor stuff. And you called me up one day after I had been like, hey, could you get your own TikTok, please? And you said, hey, what was the 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 breaking point? And it was that, like, I just remember logging in and the first thing was this guy and he had, like, 6,000 likes, you know, and he was just like genuinely talking direct to camera. And he's like, th- like, he's like, I got a question. A lot of you guys have been asking, how do you talk to girls about crypto or something like that? And you, that was your scream one week and you never answered it. How do you talk to girls about crypto? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess just in a normal speaking voice. <laughs> That's a good, I, I like that answer. Yeah. In a normal speaking <laughs> voice. I can't believe you forgot that. Yeah, sorry. It has slipped my mind. But yes, I I did. I used to be logged into the Game of Roses TikTok, and that's just what I would watch TikTok with that account. And so I guess it fucked up the algorithm and it filled it with all the weird shit that I watch. And a lot of the shit that I watch does have to do with NFTs and crypto. My apologies that you had to bear witness to that. It was funny because you wouldn't, you would come on, like sometimes there would be weeks and weeks where you wouldn't get on at all. So my algorithm would be fine. But I knew immediately when you had been on, like, because the first, it would just be like, here's an NFT of like a, you know, just, you can make anything an NFT. You can make your, like your mental illness and and just all these just wild things would come up. And I would have to redo it, but... Well, yeah, my apologies. I still don't know how to talk to girls about crypto. I oh. Um, I don't really know how to talk to anyone about crypto, honestly. It's either like the train's leaving the station. You get on it or you don't, but it's happening. Even though it's like at an all-time low right now? That's the best time to buy. I mean, yeah. It's not at an all-time low. When Bitcoin first came out, it was like $10 for one Bitcoin. Okay, well, I will, yeah, like that. But I mean, it's definitely, I feel like people are getting NFTs and Bitcoin mixed up these days. And a lot of people think they're mm. the same thing. And in my personal opinion, NFTs are scams. And it's delegitimizing crypto, I feel like. Just the public image. And I feel like that's contributing to its uh, drop. Yeah, maybe. I. The bottom line is the metaverse is real. It is happening. And goods and services in the metaverse are all going to be NFTs. And I think generally speaking, those will all be paid for on some blockchain. Right now, the Ethereum blockchain is the the most commonly used one, but it, it is happening. That's all there is to it. And right now, the barrier for entry into this world is like a little high. You do have to have some technical know-how. You have to understand how to navigate crypto wallets and how to even log into any of these uh, universes that are being created in the metaverse. But 
I think very soon, all that's going to get streamlined down to a very user-friendly app or you know, program or whatever. And once that happens, like you're all going to have NFT wallets on your phone. We're all going to be, look at my NFTs. Yeah. Uh, well, the question of how to talk to girls about crypto will never be answered. It's like, you know, what are those other, um, you know, what is the meaning of life? That's kind of in the same realm, I feel like, is the those kind of questions. What is the meaning of life? Yeah, but it, it, exactly. I don't, I also don't think it's like, the the gender bias in that question is weird to me because it's not like there are a lot of people, not just girls. I know <laughs> there are a lot of guys who don't know shit about crypto and don't know anything about NFTs. And I think that's just because it's like it's still in kind of an early adopter phase. That technology, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like cell phones in the fucking early eighties. Like, how do you talk to girls about cell phones? You know, or something like that. It's just like it's. But this was just from the TikTok thing. It did just, yeah, because also the reason why that TikTok was the one where I was finally like, "Close, can you please get off the TikTok?" Was because it was so outrageous. And it's like I know girls who are into crypto, but yeah. Well, my apologies again for disrupting the. No, if you say sorry again, then the I'm tranquility of your TikTok algorithm. <laughs> One more thing. Speaking of that, the TikTok algorithm, a lot of you guys who follow Game of Roses on TikTok, some of you will notice that I comment on non-Bachelor things and you guys will scold me like I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Okay. First of all, uh, that is very intentional. And that, uh, I mean, if it is TikTok. Are you tricking the algorithm or what? Am I, I? I mean, I'm using the algorithm to my benefit. Right. And so one of the, this is a little tip. If you are, you know, starting a business, first of all, if you are starting a business or you are a business and you don't have a TikTok, what are you doing? I don't care who you are. I don't care how serious your business is. Get a TikTok and use it if you want to be successful. And my little tip would be, you know, there are tons of tips and tricks on how to get your TikTok sucked up into the algorithm. But one of them that I found is very helpful is right after you post a brand new TikTok, go to your For You page, refresh it, and for five minutes, watch through whatever TikToks come up. If you like it, like it, comment on a few, say something funny. So that's why you'll see me commenting on TikToks that I genuinely find funny. That strategy has helped me gain more engagement than any of the other tips and tricks. So just a little hack. Hmm. If, uh, Interesting. Yeah. I think it, it wants everybody to engage. So they're like, oh, you're engaging with the ones on your For You page. Why don't we also put your TikTok up in there since, and we'll have people engage with you. I think that's what it is. So, yeah. Well, thanks for that TikTok tip. TikTok tip. Yeah. Well, Does that round it out? Is that the final question? That was the final question. Fantastic. Thank you, everyone, for submitting all these questions. We hope you enjoyed the answers to them. And we hope that you will enjoy the episodes we have coming up in the near future for you. Again, at the end of this week, we're going to be giving our kind of preliminary takes on what we expect from Bachelor Live on stage. And we are going to attend Bachelor Live on stage. Mm-hmm. And next Tuesday, we're going to give you our breakdown of everything that happened, everything we saw, what that experience was like. And hopefully, it will be a fun night. I think that it will. Oh, yeah. And maybe we'll even see some uh, fellow pit dwellers out that night. Yep. And again, 
be on the lookout for our new logo. That's going to be coming at you very soon with a brand new shirt. And we will be promoting that and putting it up on our Instagram and it'll be everywhere. So you'll be able to see it and have good access to it. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,337 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 